Hey Brady, how are you? I'm going to uh, invite you up. Yeah, I'm using computer, so, so let me make let you. Me make the, you the, the, the how did it go? Uh, what do you mean? Uh, how what did do you mean? How did it go? You're uh... Uh, it was uh, it was eventful. I will uh, uh, I will uh, give some detailed account. Uh, the good news is that someone else got roughed up far worse than I was last Thanksgiving. So it, from the same place, from the same team, same board uh, CB. I think it's called the CBP, uh, Custom and Border Patrol. Is that what it's called? Yeah, so uh, so I'm glad they are roughed up. So I'm not. I don't feel too bad of myself. But I uh, I let them have it. <laughs> I used a lot of profanities when I when I'm dealing with them, and they cannot do sh any shit about me. <laughs> what happened? You uh, you you live close to the border too, right? You're in San Antonio, is that right, Brady? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so, you know, I mean, I think there's a lot more activities in, in your neck of the woods. I mean, here in the Canadian border, U.S.-Canadian border, it's like, there's, there's no, nothing. And, uh, hey, Hakeem, welcome. <laughs> so, I usually, in the Sunday series, traditional white privilege series, I usually don't talk about cops. Because I don't want to deal with this uh, he say, she you know, he say and they say kind of situation. There's no police report and all that, right? But uh, this one is a good one because uh, 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 I, you know, I when I cross into back into the U.S. Uh, showing my U.S. passport, I thought you know it's a it's a breeze, you know, I don't have to go through anything. But they hold me up for a while, and uh, so I'm going to go over that a little bit tonight. So let, let's give uh, everybody else like a two more minutes and I'll get started. I can, I will invite you up for, uh, to speak too. Hey, uh, Brady, can you hear me okay? Greetings, gentlemen. Yeah, I can hear you, Peter. Hey. I can hear you. Oh, thank clear. you, Hakeem. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. One more minute, I'll get started. So, Hakeem, how's your how, how's your Uber business going? It's going really well, man. I mean, it, uh, I'm I'm traveling all over the state of Virginia and meeting a lot of people and finding new places and having great experiences and making some really good money. So, excellent. Um, I'm really enjoying it. I probably, I don't know yet. I may have to head on to Virginia once more uh, this fall. I have not decided whether I should go west or should I go south again. Because I may have to visit uh, Tennessee again and Alabama to, to do the more research on my project. So, Yeah. I, you know, I I'm interested. To... Mm -hmm. Go ahead. No, in the work that you do, you said you do. Um, are you a pharmaceutical sales rep? No, I'm not. I I I only deal with the, it's called the informatics. Basically, I deal okay. with uh, 
I deal with a lot of. I'm familiar with informatics. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I deal with a lot of you know requ- uh, regulatory requirements, uh, internal or external, uh, just to you know and. Uh, That's a really interesting field. I'd re- I'd really be I want I want to learn more about that. And I'll because- tell you this. Uh, just reimagine this. We all complain about the pharmaceuticals, right? But yeah. you have to admit the fact that the medicines work wonders, right? These days, even if you have some cancer, you don't need to go to the hospital. You just take some pills, get some infusions at home, you know? You can fight cancer, you know, because uh, it's just a fact that, uh, you know, people want to live. <laughs> so so the pharmaceuticals, you know, uh, does uh, do deliver, you know, uh, 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 miracles, literally miracles, not just for older folks, but for kids also, right? So, uh, well, what I'm interested in is the fact that you are moving around and be able to do your work on the road. So that's what's interesting to me because I like to travel. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's informatics. You need to be good with numbers, good with, uh, you know, uh, database computer, a bit knows the business. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I've been, in the, you know, in healthcare for uh, over like 20 some years. So, so I'm, so I've been in, uh, working for the health insurance company, government uh, providers, doctors, uh, and, uh, and uh, pharmaceuticals and the auditors, consulting firms. So I'm very yeah. familiar with the, you know, the, the area. So it's, it's kind of very easy for me to find this kind of gig and, uh, yeah. I think I've told everybody. I have a, been worked. I worked for thirty-two different employers. <laughs> Most, re, you know, very recently, I, you know, I sometimes work for multiple of them. I make double the money. Yeah. It doesn't make a difference to me. You know, my my thing is that I cannot make too much money because it's not going to be too good anyway. Because uh, you still have obligations, right? So yeah. So yeah. So. So anyway, let me, I'll get started with the tonight's uh, uh, So I did a, a white privilege in space, and uh, I usually do that. Be, uh, do not do that because this is off the off what I usually do. Because I always want to stick with the court records, with which is verified, and the court records, the judicial decisions, opinions. These are written by the judges themselves. So when they effed up, it's their record. I'm attacking. I'm not making up my own. So when I did my uh, episode called "The White Privilege in Space," uh, it's a little bit you know off track, but I think it's a good episode because uh, I I take I look at things from a different perspective. So dealing with cops, because as you know, I'm on the road and uh, dealing with cops, I have not had much bad experience. You know, I was uh, fined one hundred dollars in the Delaware State Park back in uh, May. This is probably three months ago. And uh, I have no problem with that. You know, I got caught. I was asked to pay. I paid. And uh, and I think the cop have, have a, has a reason to give me that fine. And it's not a big deal for me. So I gladly paid it. Nothing. But this time when I come back, when I came back from, from Canada into the U.S. And I crossed the border at the, the, this place called the Halton, Maine. H-O-L-T-O-N. Uh, in case you... Don't, you don't need to know. You don't have to Google. I just let you know. You, everybody know I-95 is a major interstate on the East Coast. Halton, Maine is where I-95 start from the north. 
that's where it is. And uh, you, uh, if you go further up north along I-95, you will cross into Canada. And uh, so I came back from Canada to U.S. By the way, uh, Friday morning, I'm going to cross out to Canada again. I'm heading towards the Quebec City. And I just have spend the weekend over there. I'm going to check out that French city I heard. So I'm going to visit a uh, cafe. I'm just going to drink cafe. Uh, I'm just going to eat all my stuff in, in cafes in Quebec City, basically. That's my plan. Uh, so, uh, so what? Biden is here. Hey, Biden, welcome. North, welcome, North. I, I just came back from Ed, Prince Edward Island, uh, Canada. Beautiful, beautiful place. I went to Ch Charlottetown. I encourage everybody to go to that place called the Charlottetown in Prince Edward Island in Canada. It's a province all by itself, by the island. It's beautiful. This, uh oh, guys, if you want to socialism in America, you don't have to go far. You can visit Maine, Vermont, and Canada. Many things in this area, they are already very close to the socialism you guys have dreamed about, okay? It's very, it's so close to the Scandinavian uh, socialism. It's actually, you know, you know, and also I find out Maine has so many open land. You guys, if you really want to be a socialist, you can form a county in Maine called the Socialist County of whatever. And it's entirely possible. The facility, the public uh, bathroom in Canada, in, in Maine, are fabulous. Right now, I'm in this main town in Maine called uh, Prisk Isle, P-R-E-S-Q-E, S-Q-U-E, Isle, I-S-L-E. Uh, I went to the bathroom this morning in a community park, you know, with kids' play, playground, a tennis court, a basketball court. The bathroom is as clean as a hotel room's bathroom. It's, it's that clean. The, 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 the toilet, it's just pristine clean. And, uh, and, and, and it's just, you know, socialism is possible. I mean, I, there's so many white people here. I love white people, okay? I mean, they, they look poor. I mean, their car making funny noises when they drive around. But I never feel threatened for my personal, uh, any no threat to my personal safety, for my belongings, for my trucks, not nothing of that na na nature. Very safe, just fantastic place, big and beautiful America. Okay, but I'm going to talk about white privilege because I'm going to talk about why white privilege is not about skin color; it's about something else. So, so, so that's that. So I did this. Uh, uh, so today's a personal account of what happened, how I was treated when I cross border, go through this uh, CBP, uh, Custom and Border Patrol, with an old white squad in Halton, Maine, at 11.20 p.m., August 13th, at a Sunday evening. Okay, the good thing is this, I'm not alone. I'm going to read that article on this uh, Bangor Daily News, which is like a main major uh, newspaper in, in Maine. So before I do that, some quick news update. A lot of the Trump prosecutions, right? I will 
do a episode on that. I called it "Black Against White Justice Equals Woke Justice?" Question mark. Lots of stuff going on. I just find out the Alan Dershowitz has、uh, his own YouTube channel. I I did not know that. I just recently discovered that. I find out to be very very informative. I'm very close to his opinion, not a one hundred percent identical, but I'm very close to what what his his thinking is. Hunter Biden, as you know, I'm from Delaware. The same FBI field office in Baltimore investigated me and Hunter Biden. As I always said, when it comes to Hunter Biden. The FBI is actually should be called FBU, called the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Okay, when it comes to me, a Chinese guy, you will be called FBI. All right.、Oh, by the way, actually, the major evil here is the DOJ. In other words, it's called the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Delaware. Okay, I'm going to do a Hunter Biden episode. They, just give you a quick heads up. David Weiss is the conflict of interest by his name. Okay, okay. For Mary Garland to appoint him to be the independent counsel is to appoint a fox to be the guardian of a chicken nest. Okay, this is what the justice system, how justice works in America. It's great news for me. It's great news. For my Sunday series, as I always said, America's justice system is a complete fucking dumping ground. Period. Okay, I'm just going to enjoy the Trump trials. It's like OJ trials four times. I like the fact that Democrats are demanding the trial to be televised. I'm all hands up. My legs are up. Yes, televised. OJ. One more time, once again. So, oh, fantastic stuff, right? So, so that's two things.、Uh, another news is this. I have tried to define the word white in this Sunday series called the Judicial White Privilege, right? Now, I have、uh, used the、uh, Professor Gerald Horn's teaching that white is really a political term. White is really started being used in. America, Americans,、uh, American ethno politics. Okay, when all the European immigrants come to America, somehow they figure out the world, the society in America should be divided by the whites versus the rest. The word "the white" is never used in among Europeans. Okay, that's the teaching from Professor General Horn. Now, on the opposite end. Of this、uh, political belief system, Thomas Sowell, S O W E L L, Thomas Sowell is a very prominent African American scholar. He's more on the conservative side. I recently learned from him that in Europe, actually the races are divided by Nordic Europeans, Alpine Europeans, and Mediterranean Europeans. They're not defined by white versus non-white. Okay, so even though Nordic has people, Nordic race has a white skin color,、uh, white skin. Alpine people,、uh, Europeans have white skin. Mediterraneans. Oh, by the way, 
there is uh, about fifty-seven thousand Chinese citizens who are ethnically white people. They they belong to the Mediterranean race in Europe. They are Chinese citizens. Okay, they live in somewhere in the western frontier uh, uh, along the western border of China. I consider them white people. Okay, that's like uh, oh, go ahead. The the Uyghur people in yeah,、uh, like like Udumuti, there are Turkish yeah, basically,、bingo. right? Yeah. Yep, bingo, bingo.、Uh, there was a girl I knew、um, named Gulmira from there, and I hung out with her and her friends. Yeah, they were all completely different ethnicity than the other Chinese. Yeah, exactly. They're completely different. I acknowledge that. You know, I mean, you know, among Han Chinese and other ethnicity in China, there's no such thing as a slavery. Which race slaved the other? I mean, you know, there's a conflict, ethnic conflict. Yeah, like anywhere else, but nothing like a chattel slaves here. So I'm so so go coming back to this is that so again the white is in America is not about a color it's about a political ethno political term. So Thomas Sowell some of them you probably not big fan of him, some of you because he's on the conservative side. But he taught me this. So in Europe they're not calling each other oh you're white not I'm a whiter. No, they're just saying you're Nordic. I'm this guy's Alpine, the other one is Mediterranean. As simple as that. There actually is this description I copied from another scholar uh, uh, that states this: the Alpine race is taller than the Mediterranean, although shorter than the Nordic, and is characterized by a stocky and sturdy build. The Alpine rarely, if ever, show the long necks and the graceful figures so often found in the other two races. I do not know all the differences. But I just know by all these writings, that's how the ethnicity in Europe are defined. Not by white versus non-white. Being at the white privilege, as I call it, the word "white" is a, almost a purely political term. It's all about governmental privilege, okay? Because it, we have a democracy, it should be rightfully called white majoritarian democracy, okay? I I come across another article how Jews got classified to be white white folks. You know I have explained. I had that question before. I asked、uh, Katie Halper that question. No nobody have given me a straight answer until I recently find out myself that since most Jews came from Europe, at least they 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 got kicked out of their homeland. They been. You know, wandering around in European countries, so they should be considered Europe Europeans too. You know, they may not be rooted in Europe, but they should be considered Europeans. So when Jews came from Europe to America, they should naturally be called white people too, as political, polit- politically speaking, right? So I know my Jewish lawyer friend refused to consider himself to be a white person. He always said he is he is a Semitic. He,、uh, he said he's a Semite. Okay, so okay, whatever you know, whatever floats your boat. So, so the last piece of the news,、uh, guys. I mean, if you are for, I mean, Biden. I I hate to raid on your parade, Biden. For all the socialists and communists on calling, I learned something new about China myself. I. I grew up in China. I do not know this. 
uh, Hakim, you know this. The Chinese flag is called the Wuxing Hongqi, the five star red flag. Yeah. I recently learned the design of this Chinese flag that has been used since the founding of the Red China is actually through a competition, believe it or not. It's not like a Chairman Mao said, hey, General, uh, whatever, you go ahead and draw a map, uh, draw a flag. That will be the flag for China. No. They actually had a fair, co open competition. Yeah. It was a de de design competition. Yeah, yeah I, did not, I did not know that until recently. And here's what I was shocked. The original designer of this flag, who, who is a regular person in Shanghai, he actually had the hammer and sickle in the biggest star among the five stars that represent the Communist Party in that red flag. However, it's the decision by the Communist Party to remove the hammer and the sickle sign from that star. Yeah. I did not that know was that. In like that was in like 1948 or 1949 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah. Like August of 1949, two months before. Uh, was it August or July? Because yeah, I remember. August, yeah, go oh, Okay, because I, no, I, I remember, like, one of the things a lot of people don't realize, too, is that there are a lot of funny things that I know more than a lot of Chinese people do because I'm such a curious explorer when I was in the country that uh -huh. there were things that I learned about that people normally because I was there like a like a, a super tourist, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was trying to fit in very much. So I was learning all about the culture and language and different things. So I would look and find anything that I could, you know, and that's just one of the things I found interesting because I was always wondering, why is the flag like this? What's the point of this with these stars, the yellow and red and everything like that? And I know from the colors, because those were colors of royalty um, and also you know, learning about red and everything. But let me not derail you, but I just, uh, that that's why I, I know some of this funny trivia is just because of the fact of Yeah, I, I did not know this. For this yeah. Proved, yeah, this proved my points before. I said, communism is the most effective slogan and symbol for the colonized people to unite under one flag and fight for the, uh, fight against their common colonizer. Communism is the best uniting symbol to do that. You can't call it, it's a nationalism for the colored nations. I always said that. It's a failed economic model. Okay, Marx, Karl Marx never provide a remedy, a solution for the evil of capitalism. I'm not saying capitalism is all good. There's a lot of evil things that capitalism did. But it's the first thing. Second, this also proves that China never wants to be a vassal state of the Soviet Union. Because these are nationalists, like Ho Chi Minh. He's, he is a Vietnamese nationalist. Our founding fathers are white nationalists. Okay, nothing wrong. Malcolm X is a nationalist, a black nationalist. Nothing wrong with that. We all have the right to claim sovereignty, personal sovereignty, right? So this is the first thing that I learned. It's a shocking to me. 
Second is this. Out of the five stars on the Chinese flag, the biggest one is the Communist Party, right? Well, among the four small stars, the first one, well, you probably say, oh, that's a worker's class. The second one is the peasant's class. Now, so far, it's very communi communistic, right? Very socialistic, right? But what's the other two stars represent? Well, the first one represent, it's called a small capitalists. A and then the, what's the last star represent nationalistic capitalists. So at the founding of the Red China, there's a two star on that flag out of five that belongs to capitalists. I said, what the F? I did not know that. But that's a fact. So, I don't share, I do not know either. I do not know either. I grew up there. I do not know either. I'm glad that uh, they they now have these people talking about how they come about this. Uh, I know there's uh, two generals, top military commanders, under Chairman Mao, who submitted their design of the Chinese flag, and they got rejected. Not good enough. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, I actually I thought you know they they actually the Communist Party in China back then do have a very democratic process to decide things. But of course, uh, Mao changed that afterwards. That's another long story. So I'm not going to uh, drop into that. So, so that is uh, what I. Uh, uh, <laughs> by I party harder than by now, not even close. Uh, Hunter Biden is my best friend it, because, uh, again, like I said, Hunter Biden's case and uh, my case is under the same group of law enforcement agencies. Basically, U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Delaware and the FBI Field Office of Baltimore, who has jurisdiction over Delaware. Okay. So, 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 <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, no, Hunter Biden is my b best friend, period, whether he likes him or not. Uh, oh, by the way, on my trip up to Maine, I visited the federal uh, incarceration facility in, uh, in, uh, in Connecticut. This, this is the this famous white-collar criminals uh, 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 facility. Uh, Martha Stewart, I think, uh, uh, Michael Cohen. All spent time there. I I paid a advanced visit because I told my Jewish lawyer friend so that I think I will plea took a plea and I will visit that uh, facility. I'll check in that facility. I heard it's a very nice facility. It's in uh, Danbury, B A N B U R Y, Connecticut. So because uh, I was hoping to see uh, Hunter Biden there too, and uh, but as you guys all know, the the U.S. Attorney, the Department of justice, unquote, is doing everything they can not to prosecute Hunter Biden. We all know that. <laughs> and the Mary Garland, a judicial white privilegist, is help is a totally understand and helping them out. Right? So there's a lot to talk about. Uh, it's just too bad I'm on the road and there's a lot of other things to do. So I was not being able to prepare this kind of shit. So, but I will, I will do that eventually. So, 
without further ado, I'm going to talk about my experience at this uh, border crossing. Before I do that, to my great pleasure, I read this article. I'm going to read it uh, for you guys. Published August 11, two days before I enter U.S. Two day, the title I have a I have put the link on the description of uh, of today's room. It's uh, the title is called "Main Bus Line Makes No Move to Stop Allowing Border Patrol Searches." Uh, so I'm going to read the story. Okay. Open Main, H-O-L-T-O-N, Main. An old town passenger bus line remains silent to a Maine citizens' rights group's request to stop allowing border patrol agents to board buses and search for illegal immigrants or drugs. The U.S. Customs and Border Protection officers violated a Presque Isle couple's constitutional rights last Thanksgiving when agents detained them at a Halton Rest stop, according to the main chapter of the American Civil Liberties Union. Again, this place called the Presque Isle is where I am at right now. A couple from here was detained on a bus at a hey peter so we heard you uh the couple was detained on the bus your sound has now gone silent we're not hearing you at the moment. Last thing we heard was the couple was detained on the bus. And uh, this article is about the refusal or the inaction taken to stop the uh, immigration enforcement from stopping and checking at the border crossing. Everyone has been left in suspense by that silence. However, Your sound's really low, Brady. Um, but uh, that should be. Until Peter gets back here, I have that. I was going to talk about politics, but have y'all heard about Island Boys? They started sucking no. each other's dicks um, for money. Um, they, they, they dropped a sex tape of them literally sucking each other's dicks for money. So, uh, wish them the best. I hope they make that, that get that bag, dudes. And uh, just want to say that I called it. I don't know who those people are, but um, Peter was reading from this article here that the main bus line makes no move to stop allowing border patrol searches. Peter, send us a message. I don't know if you lost your 
Um, he does have a, a little article. Signal. Yeah, but it's um, it was published on August eleventh, two thousand twenty-three, and the, there's an image here that shows a view of the Holton Sector headquarters for U.S. Customs and Border Patrol, located in the town of of uh, Hodgden, Maine. Um, the image is from Alexander McDougall from the Holton uh, Pioneer Times, and uh, it reads: Holton, Maine. An old town passenger bus line remains silent to a Maine citizens' rights group request to stop allowing border patrol agents to board buses and search for illegal immigrants and drugs. So that's as far as he got so far. Uh, U.S. Customs and Border Patrol Protection Officers violated. Uh oh, get this window closed. Violated a. Breast Isle couple's constitutional rights last Thanksgiving when agents detained them at a Holton rest stop, according to the main chapter of the American Civil Liberties Union. The couple was on a trip home after visiting family in New Hampshire for the holiday. When Jade Hopkins and Robert Kipp chose not to answer repeated Border Patrol agents' questions regarding their immigration status, they were handcuffed. Wow. They were handcuffed. I'm going to give some um, some sound effects that I happen to have some handcuffs. So they were, they were handcuffed. They were handcuffed and forced off the Sear uh, City bus lines. But uh, they were riding and their luggage was moved. So a little bit of kidnapping and theft. <laughs> wow. This was not the first time they were asked questions on this year bus by Border Patrol agents, and the couple had agreed the next time it happened they were going to exercise their right to remain silent, according to American Civil Liberties Union legal fellow Anahita Sotuhi. Hmm. That's crazy. The entire state okay, of Maine me, is under U.S. Customs. There we go, Peter. You're back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, keep going. Talking, keep going. Yeah. So you read it way better than I. Mm-hmm. Well, the entire state of Maine is under the U.S. Customs and Border Protection, 100 miles from a border zone, giving agents more authority. But the Fourth Amendment protections still apply, and under the law, Border Patrol agents need to have an obvious reason to detain someone, or a warrant, according to the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union. Quote, they were exercising their Fourth Amendment, fourth amendment right. I said Fourth Amendment. <laughs> there, too much of that, uh, may the force be with you, may the fourth, right? They were exercising their Fourth Amendment right. They felt like we do not live in a police state, Satuhi said on Wednesday. Oh, they felt like we do. What? That's, a, that's an interesting quote. It says they, they were exercising their Fourth Amendment right. They felt like we do not live in a police state, so too he said on Wednesday. They had a sense that if you don't exercise your rights, you can end up losing them. I think that's a good point. Huh. Citizens do not have to answer questions posed by Border Patrol agents according to the Fourth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Non-citizens with permission to be in the country on a visa, for example, 
are required to respond. Hmm. Non-citizens with permission to be in the co country on a visa are required to respond. Huh? But citizens do not have to answer. Okay. A citizen's silence does not meet probable cause or reasonable suspicion criteria, which means customs and border protection agents can't detain someone just because they chose not to answer. So, too, he said. But I think that's interesting. How are they supposed to know whether you're a citizen or not if you don't answer any questions? I mean, that's kind of a catch-22, don't you think, Peter? Um, My story is a slightly different, but keep on reading. Again, this happened before. Uh, what happened to me, right? Okay. Go, go ahead. Right. She's pretty hilarious. Go ahead. So, um, all right. So, the 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 border customs and border protection agents can't detain someone just because they chose not to answer. So, too, he said. Customs and border protection spokesperson Ryan Brissett said the department's agents conduct various enforcement activities away from the border as a layered approach to national security. The Immigration and Nationality Act authorizes agents to board and search vehicles, Brissett said. The act outlines that authority in subsection 1357, quote, powers of immigration officers and employees. Nonetheless, in the case of SEER bus lines, because it is private, agents cannot board their buses unless SEER drivers allow them to enter, so too he said. Knowing they would be stranded in Holton, the couple relented and told agents they were citizens. The agents asked for documentation, and they were released after showing their driver's licenses, she said. Bor quote, Border Patrol checkpoints do not give Border Patrol agents carte blanche to automatically search persons and their vehicles, according to a Customs and Border Protection July statement. To conduct a legal search under the Fourth Amendment, the agents must develop particular particularly probable cause to conduct a lawful search. Probable cause can be developed from agent observations, record checks, non-intrusive canine sniffs, and other established means. Motorists may consent to a search but are not required to do so. By the way, I think there are some typos in here, guys, so some of the things, or maybe this was translated, I don't know. Um, I'm reading it verbatim, so... The Presque Isle couple contacted the American Civil Liberties Union because they believed their rights had been violated, and they have joined the ACLU in calling on SEER bus lines to stop giving Border Patrol agents permission to enter their buses, similar to Greyhound and Concord coach line bans. The ACLU wrote to SEER bus lines twice in June, asking them to deny border agents access but they have not yet responded, so too he said. In the letters to Sear, the ACLU explains that the bus company also has Fourth Amendment rights, and because it is a private company, it does not have to allow the agents on board to conduct searches. There has been an escalation in customs and border protection abusive practices towards passengers on Sear buses, with agents regularly boarding the buses at the Holton rest stop, and interrogating passengers about their immigration status, the ACLU letter states. Additionally, agents are using drug-sniffing dogs to search all passengers' luggage. Quote, We also understand that SEER bus drivers are instructing passengers that these dogs are drug-sniffing dogs and that CBP will confiscate any drugs, including cannabis, that they might find, end quote, so too he said. The ACLU is asking SEER to require customers to, customs and border protection, that is, 
ACLU is asking SEER to require customs and border protection agents to have a warrant to search the bus for illegal immigrants and drugs. Calls to SEER bus lines owners were unsuccessful. The company officials are on vacation until next week. How convenient. Quote, it, it, it's traumatic to be handcuffed and interrogated, even when you know you've done nothing wrong, the couple said in an opinion piece published in the Bangor, Bangor Daily News. Continuing, it's terrifying that armed government agents can deny your rights when they personally choose. And we saw firsthand those entrusted to force the law could slip into abuse. That's the end of the article there. Thank you so much, Joaquin. You did a way, way, way better job than I can ever imagine myself doing it. Well, English is my first language, and I'm a nerd who likes to read. So thank you for letting me do that. I appreciate it. So I was just filling in the space when you went out and your when your sound went out. So yeah, my computer just died because the power is out. So yeah, it's fantastic. Thank you again. And uh, I think the other day Heidi helped me up too when I was uh, totally disconnected. Uh, so now back to my story. So what happened to me is very similar, but not exactly the same. But in my opinion, is a little bit worse. Okay. So here's my story. I I drove from Prince Edward Island all the way to Halton, Maine, intend to cross the into the U.S. because I have to work from like a seven o'clock on Monday morning. Right, so I arrived there eleven twenty ish p.m. Nobody. When I was driving back, like Canada is so huge, and it's just total darkness, foggy highway construction and the rains and dangerous drive. So I'm very glad I'm back. And I know the I will enter into I-95. I live around, you know, my house is like a, less than a minute from I-95 by, 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 by driving. So I was like, I'm going to enter into U.S. through I-95 to start the, the northern end of it. So I'm quite excited. So I got in and uh, I Cross that, you know, the drive, drive into that lane. The window opened. I give my passport. The guy look at me. A ugly looking guy. Even though he, he's a white guy. Ugly looking. He's, he asked me to pull over to a place called the secondary inspection. It's like a, a little lane by the side of the main lane that's saying you need to be checked. I was like, what the F? By the way, when I enter into Canada, they just asked me some simple question like where you're going and then you know uh, what's the last digit on your license plate that's what the canadian border patrol asked me this this guy after i showed them the american passport they say oh pull over secondary inspection without telling me anything so let the quick description of my vehicle it's a high roof truck that's a cargo van in the back, there's a two Yakima gearbox. They're stacked, like they're one on the top, one, on, one below. It's a two big black box, like, like almost like a coffin, okay? Two of them. It's like you can swing open so that you can open the back door of the van. But when it's closed, you will not be able to open the door of, of, of the back door of, of the truck, okay? And, and, uh, and, uh, and 
and so so he he asked me to pull over as as you know I did not ask why I said okay they asked me to pull over I'll pull over so I pulled into the secondary inspection they asked me to get into their building and wait inside the building they asked me for the, my keys I said here's my key they said oh you can leave your cell phone in your truck it's okay no big deal I don't think my phone is even locked the phone is open. And I waited there for like a 10 minutes or whatever. I don't know what they're doing. And the day they came back, they came back to the building and say, hey, uh, we're having problem, you know, open your gearbox. And uh, I, and uh, you know, we also need to open the the back door to do inspection. I was like, why do you have to do that? I said, we just need to check. So they asked me to go outside the building, back to my truck and to unlock the two gear box, which is, you know, have locked cover. And I have told them already, I said, the top box has my personal belongings. The second uh, box in the bottom has a generator and, uh, you know, some, you know, tools and all that. And, I, you know, so I, so they asked me out to go outside the building, open that thing, basically use my own keys to open those things. And, uh, and then they asked me to go back to the building, wait again. So I waited again. For another, say, 15 minutes, whatever. Then they came back, say me, asked me, uh, Peter, where do you work in the U.S.? I said, why I have to tell you where I work? They said, well, we just think it would be nice if you, answer, if you could answer our question. So we don't have to hold you up here any longer than you need it to be. I told them, I don't think I need to tell you where I work. So they give me that little expression, say, okay, since you're not cooperating with us, you're going to have to wait. So they'll go, they went back to my truck, doing whatever they do, I'm, I, they, I have to stay inside the building. Again, there's like a, seven of them, all white. I don't know what the fuck, they, they, you need so many people when there's literally no truck, there's no people dri driving in from Canada. Around, uh, around that 11 o'clock time. Okay, so they come back to me again. Oh, by the way, I call this officer a dumb fuck because he really looks ugly and stupid. Uh, by the way, this is an area where the poor white people live, okay? To me, they're not white privileges. You know, they, they, are, they are not that smart. They're not that wealthy. They're not just not that intellectual. They're not that uppity. But this guy happened to wear a uniform or he works for federal government okay but he really looks like a dumb fuck okay i'll tell you at this time i'm already upset i've been using profanities to them already okay at at at, at this time so this dumb fuck come back to the building he 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 showed me this he find a, a i9 form you guys know what the I-9 form is? This is a form I, I put it inside my truck. He take this form, it's two pages. It's a notarized I-9 form. It's for employment eligibility purposes. I had it notarized in Bar Harbor, Maine, which is a U.S. territory by a U.S. notary public. And I have to do it for you know my employment purposes. So this dumb fuck bring this two doc uh, this two pages back. Say, 
But Peter, we really want to know where you work because you did this I-9 form, must, you, must, you did this for a purpose. We need to know why you do that. I said, what the fuck, I need to answer that. It's, I mean, did you go through all my documents that are in my truck? I have a lot of other legal documents in my truck. Oh, by the way, I did not tell, I did not tell, uh, tell them uh, the FBI searched my house back in 2019. Actually, those search doc warrant are in, in, <laughs> inside my truck. So he asked me, the, I said, why you have to look at my I, I-9 form? By the way, remember Hakim has read about this, that they have a drug sniffing dogs? They don't have a one. So I asked him, for what reason you need to search my truck like that? Like you turn it inside out, upside down. Because I have not looked inside my truck yet because I've been asked to stay inside the building. right? I don't know what they're doing with my truck. But now they're pulling the I-9 form. I know where I put my I-9 form. I said, why are you going through all this uh, search? And ask for my I-9 form. It has nothing to do with uh, human trafficking or drug trafficking. I have no answer. Say, Peter, we just want you to cooperate with us. Otherwise, you're going to stay here for a long, long time. I said, what the fuck? I don't give a shit. I can stay at home for the next 24 hours. I, I, I literally use the fucking language with them. I said, you are a dumb fuck. You're wasting my time and your time. I told him that I'll be happy to stay here. Whatever the fuck you want to do with my truck. I said, whatever you do, you're not going to find anything illegal. Period. This is what I, what I told them in their face. But as you know, I've, I've been there for a long time. And I, I have the four hour drive, by the way, okay? So see, he, he hand, so, so he, 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 he sounds upset. Of course, uh, as you know, there's a bad cop, good cop kind of a play, right? These are all white squad. You know, there was other older guy looks like a supervisor come to me, look at me, and just like shake his head and went back to his office. And all, all that kind of shit, just give me a message saying, I'm not cooperating with them. I said, What the fuck I need to do for you? I have a US passport. So this dumb fuck officer went back to my truck, spent another like a half an hour. And before he left, I said, Go spend as much time, your fucking time there. And you're going to f- not find anything. So he spent another like 30 minutes over there. Again, I do not know what he's doing because I'm inside the building. Right? This time after he's back, he handed back my key, my passport, and my I-9 form. Uh, in case you guys don't know what I-9 form is, you know, just tell me, okay? I'll, I'll explain to you what I-9 form is. It has nothing to do with drugs or human trafficking. Now, I'm allowed, I was allowed to go back to my truck. And I find out he ransacked my entire place. Now, I have called it, this is my little hooch on the wheel. Like, I'm big Vietnam War buff. I was like, it's a bamboo interior. It's built, intended to be like a hooch. Okay, he, they turned my place upside down. They went through all the fucking items in my gearboxes, inside my truck. It's a fucking mess. 
So I was, of course, more upset. I, I went back inside the building. Oh, by the way, they go through my coolers and the freezers. I have a big freezer, propane powered freezer, and a huge bag, a badass cooler made by Cobella that can keep things cool for like seven days. So I'm totally refrigeration equipped. So I went back to the building after they made such a fucking mess because I was about to take a nap before work. I went back to the building. I asked them, I said, do you guys really have to get a, a search warrant for what you did to my truck? They told me they do not. I said, are you sure? Now, but at this time, I have never told them I have an experience of being searched by FBI. I never told them. I just told them, I said, what you did, what you asked me about those I-9 forms, it's like a full search warrant of a house. I asked them, are you sure you don't need a search warrant to do what you did to me? Okay? They were some kind of defensive. Of course, I'm using profanity at, 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 in the middle of the way all by this now. Okay? Okay, I don't give a fuck. I said, take me to jail. I'll be happy. I'm a revolutionary. I need to be in jail to get street cred. Okay? So, so I said, you know, so, so, so I said, you know, I, so I should give another profanity. Like the fact, they, they, they say goodnight to me. I said, go fuck yourself. I said. So I went back to my truck. Here's funny enough, okay? This dumb fuck officer came out out of the building he hold a brochure he said peter mr mark in case you don't understand what we did to you we here's what we do here he gave me a brochure i said no i said keep that fucking thing to yourself i don't need it he said no 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 peter i'm going to put this in your driver's seat so you can have a copy Remember, this is what he did after I told them they actually probably need a search warrant to do what they did to me. I look at that brochure. I told them, I'm going to try, I'm throwing it right at, at, at your door. So he went back in. I look at, take a quick, uh, quick glance at that brochure. It's called Securing America's Border. <laughs> so what the fuck? So I just know he's, he knows I got him. He knows that he must have a search warrant before he w did what he to my truck. And he feels somewhat uncomfortable now. So he has to spend more time before, despite all the fuckery I throw at him, he has to come out. He had to come out of the building, try to do a virtual signaling, saying, oh, I'm just doing my job. I said, yeah, you dumb fuck. So I told him, go fuck yourself. Anyway, so I went back to my truck. And, uh, you know, I just do uh, another thing is this. I have a mosquito net in the back door. And they are secured by a very strong little magnetic pieces. So apparently when they enter through the back door, they have tiered that mosquito net and so those little precious uh, very strong magnetic pieces 
two of them are missing. So I have to look for them in the dark. I found one, but I could not find the other. All right. So so anyway, um, so I have so I keep up. So I I check you know around, see what's going on, assess the any major you know disruption, whatever. And I when I get ready to get on road and start driving, I come up with something else. I remember when I was doing Rosa Parks episode, I read about this bus driver, James Blake, the bus driver who asked Rosa Parks to move where she refused. This guy, before he died, he was interviewed by a magazine. This is back in 1989, uh, say probably 30 some years after the incident. James Blake, the bus driver, a.k.a. the police officer on that bus, said, Oh, I have nothing uh, personal towards Rosa Parks, Miss Rosa Parks. I'm just doing my job. That's what this dumb fuck said, James Blake. It's the same thing that this Border Patrol fucker is doing when he handed me that brochure called the Securing America's Border. He's just saying, oh, I'm just doing my job. I said, like, yeah, go fuck yourself. So that is, in a nutshell, is what happened. Going back to the story what uh, the Hakim just read it to you, I'm going to quote. Citizens do not have to answer any questions posed by Border Patrol agents, according to the Fourth Amendment. Non-citizens with permission to be in the country on a visa, for example, are required to respond. Can you see that why they are expecting me to answer their questions about my employment and the I-9 forms? They are treating me as a non-resident. For these white officers, that's their white privilege. Okay, so to conclude, I'm glad this is just about an hour. This is what I want to do because I know Lance has an important room for himself at nine o'clock. He's just going to talking about me, which I'm got. I'm very excited. I hope everybody joined Lance when he talked about me. And uh, so I'm going to conclude. This uh, dumb fuck officer is a uh, far less sophisticated much less intellectual when it compares to judicial white privileges. I've said white privilege here have a three layers. Legislative white privilege, meaning white majorities make laws at the expense of racial minorities. At the middle tier is the executive white privilege. The law enforcement using their discretionary power to enforce laws at the expense of racial minorities. This is middle tier. The third tier, the highest tier, is the judicial white privilege. My Sunday series always try to focus on the top tier. That's the sophisticated ones. Clever ones. Okay, very privileged ones. Okay, not this does not apply to this dumb fuck. 
He's pretty stupid. Again, he's from this area, poor white area. He cannot that be that smart. If he's that smart, he probably will be working for, you know, FBI, for, for example, or CIA. He ended up in this, uh, you know, border patrol. Probably is a, probably one of the nicest job he can get in this area. Does not change the fact he's really pretty dumb. The first thing. Second, these kind of dumb fucks always need the protection from the judicial white privileges. White cops violate citizens' constitutional rights, especially the constitutional rights of the racial minorities, because they know they will be protected by upstairs. And the third conclusion is this. Fear not someone's white skin color. I'm very comfortable in Maine here. Extremely nice. Yes, the people are poor, but they're nice. I do not see any threat to my property, even though I know they are very poor. I can tell. But fear, you should fear when this white guy wear a uniform. And assume some kind of a governmental authority over you. Okay? That's the white privilege I'm talking about. It's a political term. It's a governmental term. It's a legal term. It has much to do with what he does with his power. Especially discretionary power. A discretionary power to pull you over. Okay, so remember Hakeem when he read that story of that couple from this area. The border patrol agent has drug sniffing dogs. During my exchange with these dumb fucking white officers, I told them, I said, you, if you have a dog that sniff my truck around or the gearboxes, and the dog reacted saying, there's something suspicious here. Then go ahead. You can search my whole thing. The fact that you don't have a dog. And the fact that you're dumber than a dog. Than a drug-sniffing dog. It troubles me. Because to me, a dumb fuck like you really cannot secure our border. Because you're too stupid. To even know where the illegal trafficking of drugs or humans are. You are just trying to harass law-abiding citizens returning home from an overseas trip. Alright, so I personally not make a big deal out of it because, you know, compared to what FBI did to me, this is a small fish. The eyes are bigger fish to fry. But I want to use this as an example. That what I mean by white privilege is not about the skin color. It's about when that person with that skin color exercise a governmental authority over you. And just happened that he's white and you are not. 
and he will treat you differently. Trust me on that. So that, in a nutshell, is what I want to you know talk about. So uh, before I take Steve, any comments from Hakeem, Brady, uh, or Heidi? Give me a moment. I'll be back in a minute. Let these guys. Talk. Okay. Because you had such gangster proclivities. Oh, I'm a fucking gangster. I, I don't give a. I use so much fuckery in that exchange. It's pretty hilarious. They cannot do anything. I said, I told them, I don't have to answer any fucking question you have. Unless you find a drug or a human, a human being in my truck. You have, I have nothing to do with you. You want me to stay here? I will, I will take a, take a nap. Unfortunate. Yeah, so go, go ahead. Go ahead. Just the. Yeah, I literally told, I told them, I literally told them that the real activity is not here between US and Canada. It's up in the north, uh, to, to the south. Yes, go ahead, Hakeem. No, that's just. Um... <laughs> I was listening to your story. Um, I had a passenger. I'm dri- I just started driving Uber, and um, he said he wanted to hear it. It was this very uh, astute, well-dressed uh, white man named Murray, who lives. I just dropped him off in a very nice neighborhood. And he said he wanted to hear it, and um, he said, "Oh, that's interesting." He says, um, "He says I wonder if it's if it's because he looks ethnically Chinese, you know? He says because he can hear your accent. I told him you you know you were from China." He says, I wonder if that's what, why they were giving you a problem because you look different, you know? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, oh, by the way, I actually think the best route to smuggle people and drugs actually is through yachts and boats. Okay? Oh, yeah. Was at Bar Harbor, you know, those very rich places with the yachts and boats, you know, lo- even the lobster boats and all that. They right, because they don't check that. They don't check, they don't check them. They don't check it not as rigorously, especially because they assume, oh, these people have money, you know, they have a yacht, you know, they're probably just out on a cruise, but yeah. Exactly. They don't, they don't even touch them. They don't even ask them a question, you know. And this is how the law are enforced in this country. And I am actually glad I had this experience because it proves my point. It proves my point that, again... This is the middle tier white privilege. Okay? This is not the highest. The highest is with the court. The highest is when you go to the court saying, these cops have wronged me and the court will side with these white cops. That That's your problem. You know, the qualified immunity is not written in any law. It's given by the courts. And 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 that is, you know, that is what is how it operates. I was just thinking that that might be really true too. More that I think about it, about being able to smuggle people or anything through the boats. Because when I was in South Florida, um, I was seeing this woman named Panya, um, and she was a Maori girl from us, from uh, New Zealand. You know, Maori people, uh-huh. like a native native yep. from there. Yep. And she was working on boats, and she was sailing all over the world as like a deckhand or something like that. And so she was on leave for a little while while the boat was docked in Florida and I used to go spend the night with her on the boat at night. And, um, and we would leave the, uh, the ports there 
And I sailed with her all over out into international waters and the Peru and everything like that. And they would pick stuff up from places. I, I never got off the boat um, in any of the places. Um, but, I mean, they came back with all kinds of stuff, which is dock and just, just get, just, I mean, at the place where it was docked, there was like no security. There was no, uh, no. nobody there. Like, I mean, it, I, it was, now that I think about it, it's really weird because there was no like customs or nor, no, nothing. It was like the boat no, would just dock. No. It was at nighttime at this place and we would just walk off the boat. And no, I would, and I, yeah, yeah and exactly. I would get on the boat and nobody yep. said anything. Like, I would get on there and, um, you know, I, I'd, I'd go into her, uh, her, ca- her cabin and all that stuff like that. And we'd stay, spend the night together and nobody ever said anything about me getting on there. I mean, the crew knew I was on there, of course, the rest of the crew, but I mean, there was nobody there checking anything, like even pulling up to different places. I mean, there was probably several places they were going around to the Caribbean. They even went, um, near Cuba and Haiti and stuff like that. And like nobody and, Nobody ever, like when they were docked at Cuba and stuff like that. I never got, I never got out, so I never got to go visit those places. But nobody ever said anything. Nobody came onto the boat to check who was on there or anything. No, absolutely not. I'll tell you, at the bar harbor, you know those uh, those uh, uh, the docks. They are not guarded. They're not guarded at night. I mean, you can go in and out without being noticed at all. And also, the water is so calm and so predictable. Like, you know, you know where the tide, you can just drop people in the water and the tide will, will go down and they can walk on the land, onto the land. And just, I, no, I'm trying to remember, I can be wrong. I think the most recent figure I got of human trafficking is that even for someone from China to be smuggled to America, I think it's $70,000. I don't think those lobstermen off the main coast make that kind of money that will fuse, uh, say, $15,000 per head to bring an illegal to the shore of Maine, off a boat somewhere in the international water. You know, you have, you have someone willing to pay $70,000. You take 15000 out of one person. Say, I'm going to drop off that illegal, or maybe not one, right? You know, you do it once, you do one person, why don't you do it like a five? That's, you know, $50,000 a night. Pick someone up, drop off in this white border area. Mostly white people. I, I tell you, in Maine, I don't see many cops. In Vermont, I don't see many cops. In Canada, I don't see cops. You know, it's so only... So, Brown areas in America, you see all the cops' car zigzag through with the flashing lights all over the places. Oh yeah, I got I got pulled over last night too. I mean, I never have a pro- I never have a problem with the cops because I don't give them any shit and I follow all these stupid rules. But like, um, you know, I got pulled over doing eighty miles an hour in a fifty-five, and the cop just came over the window and 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 uh, just said, "Slow down and get get to where you're going safe." And then I was dropping off another guy, a black guy in a black neighborhood, and there was a, car, a police car parked in a park, an empty parking lot of a, a business that was closed. And he started following us for like a mile with his lights off and then finally turned the headlights on. Um, and then 
you know, I don't know if you check my license plate or whatever, but they usually do that. What What's really cool, though, is because I have a concealed weapons permit um, that comes up on the license plate. And the, the thing about having a concealed weapons permit is that something that it tells you is that um, that you're not criminal and you're not crazy. So I guess sometimes that kind of gets me off the hook. Oh, but, absolutely. I think you, know. you mentioned that. I totally agree. I'm a big yeah. supporter of Second Amendment. The fact that cops knows you are a legal gun owner, may carry a gun with you, they actually show more respect towards you because they do fear their own lives, right? Like I always said, you know, it's not like, a, you know, nobody's an extraordinary brave. Everybody fear for their lives if they know they're dealing with someone who have a gun, you know? If they, they know, these cops, they know themselves. If they go overboard with a person with a gun, then their own lives will be in at risk. And they are doing themselves no good by acting unlawfully when they know you have a gun. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, so I mean, it's, it's you know, like I said, these are not the smartest people, you know? And 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 that they you know they're still trying hard to pretend. I was like, yeah, you you can you know, I'm 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 you know I can see through your little tricks you know, within the first five minutes. And like I said earlier, is that I'm not against law enforcement. If they have a drug sniffing dog, they walk that dog around my truck, say that dog bark a little bit, saying, hey hey, I I I, I sense something unusual here in this truck. That's okay. That's okay. If they did that routine and they say, hey, Peter, I, we need to do a additional search of, of your vehicle. I might be okay with that. But guess what? I don't use any drugs. Unlike Brady. I know Brady will not go over two, two yards before a cop stop him saying, hey, what kind of mushroom is this, Brady? But I don't use anything. I don't even have prescription drugs with me. I don't have you have prescription medication, so they have nothing on me. So yeah, that in a nutshell is what it is. But I just want to share this because I thought, geez, you know, it's not me. I'm not a hammer looking for nail. The problem is the nails are coming to me because I'm a magnetic of nails. So so that in a nutshell is uh, what I want to talk about. Uh, uh, Thank you guys uh, for being with me. Uh, let me check. Is uh, is, uh, is okay. No well, thanks for sharing it. your story, Peter. I appreciate it. And I didn't know about that article with the uh, um, with the Sear bus lines up there in Canada. Um, that was an interesting story. Do you happen to know? Do, do, do those people also do they look ethnically different than maybe perhaps? most people in the United States, because you look ethnically Chinese, right? So did they have a different look about that couple that was pulled over? You see, this area also are very Native American also. Oh, okay, There's gotcha. a lot of tribes in this area, okay? okay. It's, uh, I mean, oh, by the way, in Canada, I, I ran into this guy. He is so Native American. I, I mean, I'm, I'm too shy to talk to him because this is in the men's locker room at the YMCA, and then I ran into him in the bus stop while I was biking around in St. John, Canada. I actually want to talk to more tribal people, and this guy, you know, he has that look, 
he has that original Native American's look on his face. He's very tall. I was like, a, I mean, actually, I, mean, I don't have a specific purpose for this trip, except just, you know, traveling through this area. And uh, so I did not, you know, get to, like, stop by and chat with people great detail about things, you know, but, but boy, Lance is still here. Lance, you're supposed to do a room just about me, Peter Mark, as a PMC tool and a coward, right? So uh, you're in the wrong place, Lance. So yeah, that is all I want to talk about. And uh, yeah, my, my apology, I've been not good with the, the Sunday series because uh, my employer require me to be the, in the U.S. while working for them. So I can only take a Friday off and cross into Canada and spend Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in Canada and come back to the U.S. and do another four days work and then go back to Canada. So that's my, I'm going to hit the Quebec City and then Montreal and then Ottawa and when then, then you, Toronto. When you're going to Quebec, the guy Murray that I was riding with, he was telling me he's going to Quebec to do some, uh, I forget what he's doing up there, I think, skiing or something like that. Oh, nice. Yeah, Quebec, I heard, is the f most French city outside Europe. So yeah, I'm going to bike for three days in Quebec oui, City. Oui. Check out all the cafes that I can drink as many co uh, coffee stuff uh, as possible. So that's my plan. Quebec City. Nothing. You no, I only know English and the Mandarin Chinese. Okay. <laughs> All right. But, well, okay. good talk, man. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you all, all right. uh, especially Hakimu for taking over. And uh, thank you, Bai, for being here. Fahim, North. Uh, North, I love Canada, by the way. And, uh, and uh, all of you, and uh, thank you. Have a great rest of your night. And uh, I will talk to you soon. Bye now.